We hope you enjoyed this message from Church on the Lake by Pastor Mike Hooper. Renewing our minds, and tonight we're going to talk about how do we access the mind of Christ so that we can think like God. Um, I know for myself, prior to beginning this study and, and really digging in and seeking the Lord for where we would go, when I, whenever I would think about what it meant to renew my mind or to think like God, I got stuck on one aspect, purity, that to think like God means to have pure thoughts. And, and that's true, but it's just one aspect of God. And as I've studied and as I've looked at um, the scriptures, I see that God wants us to think like him in everything we do. He wants us to think his thoughts. And his thoughts are big and they're awesome and they're amazing. And so when we think about having his wisdom, you know, thinking with his wisdom, what an incredible opportunity we have in renewing our minds. So this is part four. If you've missed the first three parts, just so that you know, you can go on our Facebook page, go back uh, to the last three Wednesdays that we've had teaching, and you can listen to them and, and be caught up in no time as to where we are right now. But this is an ongoing series, an ongoing study. And so I'll, tonight I'm not doing a lot of, of going back. I felt like I needed to cover some new ground tonight, so I don't have a lot of review to talk about, and that's why I'm mentioning the previous um, uh, studies so far, the three that we've already done. But tonight, we're going to try to get some new ground going. So open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. We looked at 1 Corinthians 2 uh, last time we met, and I had got to verse 7, and then we ran out of time. And so I wanted to start there, and, and then we'll just build from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So that phrase, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, one of the things that you're going to find as we, as we talk about meditation, meditating on the word, allowing the word of God to come alive in us is that as you meditate, those mysteries start to come alive and the mystery starts to reveal the true wisdom of God in your thinking. And I know that all of us would like to be able to think with the wisdom of God, to be able to unveil some of the mysteries that are hidden in the word. So we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And 1 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, kind of gives us a little picture or a light into this of what that means. 1 Corinthians 4, so a couple chapters over, verse 1. <clears throat> Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, now listen to this, and stewards of the mysteries of God. So you are stewards of the mysteries of God. Now think about this thought. Think about it just for a moment. What, am, what are we actually saying? That you steward the intellectual properties of God. Now, if you went to work for a business, 
When, when, I, when I worked at KSBJ, whenever I created something, it became the intellectual property of KSBJ. It was not my Cooper's. So when you see Buddy the KSBJ prayer bear, I created that. That's my bear, but I don't own it. KSBJ owns it. It's their intellectual property. Yes, I worked on it. Yes, it's, it's the bear that, that I left there, but it's not my bear. But God is so good. He gives us the intellectual property and allows us to steward it. Think about that. You get to steward his intellect. Whoa. His intellectual property. So as you live your life, you steward the mysteries of God. They're in your hands. They're in your heart. They're in your spirit. They're in your life. As you meditate on the word of God, you are stewarding the mysteries of God. His intellectual property. Now, here's something that you need to understand. This is only open and available to believers. Part of the, you know, the swag. (laughs) The perks, if you will. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, right? That's the mysteries of God. But the glory of kings, that's you, is to search out a matter. So God has put within you the ability to search out the mysteries of God, but it's for the believer. To the natural mind, the things of the spirit are foolishness, but to the spirit, they are life to us. It also said in in Corinthians there that it displays our glory. And now we have a hard time with that. Whoa, don't give me no glory, right? We don't want anybody looking at us. But let me tell you that as believers, we are to be out in the front. We are to shine. I love this quote by Nelson Mandela. It says, the glory of God is man fully alive. Amen? The glory of God is man fully alive. When you live your life to its fullest, the glory of God is seen in your life, and that's what brings glory to him. Now, I want you to think of it from the aspect of Solomon, King Solomon. And we won't talk about how he ended his race, but in, in his race, as he was running in the middle of his race, he was incredible, and he was truly living in the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verses 4 through 9, when the queen of Sheba comes to visit him. Now, I want you, I want you to look at the scripture from the light of your friends and the people that you know in the world. When they come visit you, do they see this when they see you, because you can walk and live in the very wisdom that Solomon lived in. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built. Now, think about this. 
She saw the glory of God in the house that Solomon had built, the temple. Think about that. The food on his table. Can you imagine you present your food in such a way that people see the glory of God, the wisdom of God? The seating of his servants. That's true leadership. Solomon was providing leadership and the queen of Sheba could see the way he was leading and she loved the way that he seated his servants. The service of his waiters and the clothes that they wore, their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. Listen to what it says. After she saw this stuff, there was no more spirit in her. (laughs) Then she said to the king, It was true. It was a true report, which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not even told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Now, I want to say this. Yes, Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. And why? Because he asked God for it. And it's available to every one of us. In James, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and he does not hold it back. But don't ask in doubt, ask in faith and he will give it to you. So, So God is willing to give you his wisdom. So part of the way of thinking like God is to think with his wisdom. And you're able to lead at such a high level. God is in the business of raising up leaders who know how to lead. And when they see their leadership, they're like, wow, look what God has done. In John 17, 22, still touching on the glory, um, it says this, and the glory which you gave me. Now, this is Jesus in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, okay? Okay. This glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. God shares his glory with his sons and daughters. He wants his glory to be seen through you. And this is why we live in such a critical moment right now. People should be seeing the glory of God from the kingdom of God, from the body of Christ. People should be seeing the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Jesus. So they should be seeing Jesus. What is Jesus? He's the high and exalted one. What is Jesus? He's love. Right? This world should be seeing the love of Jesus right now. And it should be flowing out of us like never before. I mean, people should be like, wow, the church really loves me because they love Jesus. And that's 
what will minister in this hour is the love of Jesus Christ. That's the glory that he shares with his sons and daughters so that we can share with this world. Why? Because we are the light of the world. All right, Isaiah 64, verse 2. And I'm going to touch on this verse on Sunday. And I just, I, I just want you to see it. And I want you to see it's in the Old Testament. Isaiah 64, 2. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you who acts for the one who waits for him. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard. That's Old Testament. And in Corinthians, Paul reiterates that. He says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. <laughs> but now you have, because the Spirit has been poured out upon the church. So, yes, our eye can see and our heart can perceive what God has done. That's thinking like God. Think about that. That's thinking like God. I can think like God. Go to now to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11. And this is the answer to that verse. In fact, verse 9 is where he says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. But verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So by the Spirit now, we are plugged in to the heavens and, and we can think like God thinks, we can see like God sees, and it's, we're meant for this. And that's what we're going to talk about Sunday, that we're meant for so much more. Now, one more verse uh, that I want us to look at as we're thinking about how the Spirit works through us to help us. Romans 8 Verses 26 and 27. And here is a way to allow God to think through us, to work through us. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So, how many have weaknesses? Okay, a few of you. Okay. We all do, don't we? So, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. I want you to hear that. The Spirit, when you're weak, the Spirit helps in your weaknesses, okay? Let that sink in. When I'm weak, the Spirit helps in my weaknesses. How, why? Because we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. So when I'm weak, I don't always know how to pray. And a lot of times, that's why we ask other people to pray for us, right? I mean, I do. When I, when I don't know what to do, I'm like, can you pray for me, Right? Because we don't know how to pray as we ought. But listen to this. But the Spirit himself. I like this. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Now, we already know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And what's his job there? To ever make intercession for us. Right? So, Jesus is already... At the right, 
right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Where are we? Guess what? We're seated right there. We are seated right now, present tense, right? Seated in heavenly places with, it says with, Christ Jesus. So he's right here. He's ever making intercession for us, and we're right here. So when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, you're in heaven there. Me too. Holy is your name. This kingdom that I'm seeing right here, could, could we have some of this down here? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, you know, we're walking through this life and we don't know what to do. And, and the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us. Listen to what it says here. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, I truly believe that there is a relationship with that and your heavenly language. That there is a relationship with these groanings which cannot be uttered and, and the Holy Spirit rising up in you as you speak in tongues. As I pray in the Spirit, as I pray in the Spirit, the Spirit itself is making intercession for me. Hear that. Now he who searches the heart, here, here it is, knows what is the mind. Isn't that what we're wanting to do is think like God? Yes. Knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. So when you're praying in the spirit, the Spirit is praying through you, and He knows what to pray for. He knows what's in your heart, and He knows what is the mind of the Father, and He prays the will of God. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my goodness. I've been on my way to places, and I, I have a, a language that I, I, I speak in time. I mean, I, I know what my normal language is. I recognize it. And I've been on my way to places that where I was headed was over my head. Where I was headed, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got to that circumstance. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know how I was going to minister. All I knew is I needed help. And the Spirit himself helps our infirmities. And so I just begin to pray in the Spirit. Bare knuckles here on our way to your house that day. What do you say? What do you do? And we were somewhere on 190. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I don't normally do this when Liz is in the car, you know, because she'd like to talk to me. But I was praying in the spirit and a different language started coming out. And, and you know, all I could really say when I got there was a hug. Because that was what the Spirit wanted to say, right? But it helped my weaknesses. It helped, and, and, and I believe it helped her. 
And it helped her. And it helped him. And it helped those that were there at that moment. Um, Her. You know, God was there in that moment. Because the Spirit itself knows what is the mind of Christ. So you want to think like Jesus? Pray in the Spirit and He will show you what is the will of God. Hallelujah. So we know that the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. We know that the Holy Spirit lives in us. This is all facts. And because we have access to that Spirit, this gives us the ability to think like God. Now that's some good stuff right there. That was worth the price of admission tonight. Uh, No extra charges. So with that understanding, let's approach what it means to renew our mind. If I'm a follower of God, I should think like God. Would you say amen to that? If I'm a follower of Christ, I should think like God. And I believe that that is true spiritual intelligence. I've been encouraging those that have been here, if you don't already own the book, Spiritual Intelligence, it's one of the reference books that I'm using in this study. Um, it's, It's been... Excellent read. It's an excellent book. Chris Valentin uh, wrote it. Um, I pastored in Redding, California from 2000 to 2005 and got to have lunch with Chris a number of times, spent time with him, loved him. And, and if you listen to his podcast or you read the book, he tells stories about Weaverville, California. He was telling them same stories 15 years ago. Just want you to know that. And, and they're just as funny today as they were then. And, and he's a real guy, and he's a really cool guy. But that's one of, the, one of the reference books that I'm using for this study. Obviously, the Word of God is another one. And, and then there are several uh, pages of notes that I've taken over the years just on how do we think like God? How do we renew our mind? And I, I draw from some sermons that I heard 30 years ago where some of these concepts were first coming. And so I'm pulling that stuff out of my files. And, and so I feel like it's giving us a really good look at what it means to think like God. So true spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence. Let's go to Romans 12.2. This is kind of a place to jump off into the deep end. Romans 12.2. This should be a verse that you already probably have memorized or have meditated on or you have it on your wall somewhere. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's the phrase, renewing of your mind, and that's what we want to talk about. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I think most of us either have the old King James or or the new King James, or you have a, a, a variation of that already in your head. Let's look at this from the passion. This just blew my mind when I read it. And it's so um, right now. Romans 12, 2. Listen to this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Drop the mic, right? (laughs) Drop the mic. Church, quit 
imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Amen. And that's what it said in the New King James, but we didn't get as excited. Do not be conformed to this world. Same thing, but it says it how we understand it right now. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will. Remember what y'all were saying about discernment. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Don't you just want to please your daddy? Amen. Just want to please the father. Now, here's some thoughts that actually came right from the book Spiritual Intelligence by Chris Vallotton. Chris found himself thrust into the world of neuroscience in 2008, about three years after Liz and I moved to Texas, when he had a mental and emotional breakdown that lasted nearly a year. And and many of you may have suffered uh, through things like this in your life. You may have had some kind of a mental or emotional breakdown. He learned during this desperate time while reading a book called Who Switched Off My Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is a believer and a neuroscience. Isn't that great? A neuroscientist and a believer. I love that. They go together, (laughs) right? Because we should be able to think like God. And she says this in her book, our thoughts travel on brain highways called neural pathways. Wow, that's a lot. So think of it like a hot marble dropped into a block of cheese. And right? Just melts that cheese. And there now you've got a, a highway right there. The wider the highway, the easier it is to repeat that same thought. Right? The more we repeat a thought, the wider the highway in the brain gets. So it might start out as this little one lane road, then it's, you know, <laughs> and then it's a you know, I-10, Katy Freeway, right? (laughs) When our brains, oh, so you can create a super highway, like (laughs) I-10, Katy, um, of constructive or deconstructive mindsets, or what we would call a stronghold. When our brain draws conclusions about something, They use the least amount of energy to get that conclusion. So once you've built that highway, your brain goes right back to that highway and it just keeps thinking that same way. This is a powerful image of how we think and why it can be difficult to change our minds about life. Think about that. Once you've been thinking like this and it's so easy now, it's hard to now think like this. Now, another concept that he mentions is from Donald Miller, a different writer. Um, But the first, it's called, the concept is called the law of first mention. So you've got the superhighway, the neural highways, and now you've got the, the law of first mention. 
The first time that you hear information about any subject, it becomes the way in which you view that topic from that point on. So literally, when you hear something for the first time, that's the glasses you put on, and that's what you think or see as truth, okay? So it's very important. This, this is going to change your life right here. In other words, the information that you receive first about something is truly that lens. It's the way you view that subject. And the first mention creates a truth lens. So literally, the first time you hear it and you've bought into it, now that's the way you interpret truth. And you evaluate all other preceding information on that very theme. And here's the concern. What if that information is wrong or inaccurate? So you're 12 years old and you're a little boy. And mom and dad haven't told you one thing about sex yet. And somehow, some way, you discover pornography. And it's the first mention in your brain of sex. So now, here's this 12-year-old boy, based on the lenses that he now has on, and that is how he sees the truth about sex. Or you're a 16-year-old girl, and, and you've been, you know, kind of, you know, secluded from boys and, 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 you know, you haven't been out on a date and that first date you go out on, the boy takes advantage of her. And now she wears the lens of how she views sex based on what happened that night. How horrible to be 12 years old and living under a porn filter instead of the gospel filter. You see what I'm saying? The Lord created us to process information this way. In the first mentioned way, he created us this way. And that's why the enemy does everything he can to corrupt kids. That should open our eyes right there. You see, God created us so that when we heard something for the first time, we could put the proper lenses on so that we could walk in the truth because he wanted mom and dad to teach the children how to do it the right way from home. And he created mentors. And that could be a grandma and a grandpa, an aunt and uncle, or friends in the home. See, the way home is supposed to be is that the children are learning with the first mention of God and the first mention of the gospel and the first mention of the kingdom comes from mom and dad. And then they come into the house of God and the pastor's preaching it. Because when they come to the church and they come to the kingdom of God, then they're hearing what mom and dad taught them at home. And this can cultivate a kingdom worldview in those we parent or lead. When our children or the church hears the truth through us first, then they are prepared to face a world that is full of deception and process what they hear through the truth lens that is already in place inside of them. So let's go back to Romans 12 too. 
Because now, with all this information about the marble dropping through the cheese and, you know, the first mention, let's, let's just look at Romans 12.2 again. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Why is that so important? Because if we're doing that and our kids are young, then they're picking up the culture before they ever get out the door. Wow. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live in a a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Most of what we are told about renewing our mind is behavior modification. Think about it. You just need to behave better. You need to change your behavior. Changing your behavior doesn't change you. You need to change your heart and your mind. And it starts by knowing who you are. Because once you know who you are and who he is, once you know who God is and you know who you are, now you can align to that and it changes the way you think. Because you realize, hey, I'm a child of the king. See, if we've, we've just thought we were losers, then we keep being losers. But when we understand that we're heirs to the throne, it it gives you a little different perspective. I'm a prince. I got a big sword. I got a big horse. And my papa's big. He's a big God. And I serve the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. When I see who I am and who he is, That's what allows me then to lay aside the culture's ways and take hold of the kingdom's ways. That's how I change, that's literally how I change the way I thought. We need to be taught to be transformed. So I'm going to give you eight symptoms that your mind is being transformed. And I know it's eight o'clock and I, I literally am almost done. So but I want to give you these eight symptoms and I'll, I'll give them quickly and then I'll probably pick up right here when we start next week. And I, I'll just do the symptoms and then I was going to do, touch a little bit more on meditation, but I'll, I'll tell you the symptoms and then we'll pick up from there next week. Number one, if your mind is being transformed, you are full of hope. I mean, you're just full of hope. Pandemics going on, the nations, you know, I mean, tornadoes hit on Alaska, you know, all this stuff's going on, you're full of hope. If your mind is transformed, you're full of hope. Number two, I love this, the impossible seems reasonable. I mean, it, it's, you think it's, it's reasonable, right? You say it's impossible, I say it, it could happen. Number three, you live in peace and you don't worry. If your mind is being transformed, you live in peace and you don't worry. Your speculations are positive. You're you're looking at things from a positive point of view. Not that you just think positive, positive all the time. That's part of it. But literally, when your mind is being transformed, you just think positive like Jerry Taggy does. I mean, she's amazing. 
Always looking on the bright side of life. Number four. Number four, you like yourself. <laughs> what? You do. And even rejoice in your weaknesses, knowing that when you are weak, God is strong. Because you have a proper perspective of yourself, that you're a child of God, you're a son of the Father, a daughter of the Father, and, and when you're weak, He is strong. You are quick to forgive and you freely give others grace and mercy. Oh, that's a big one. Number six, you are confident and thankful. Notice how that goes together. Confident and thankful. That keeps you humble. Number seven, you believe in others and give them the benefit of the doubt. Woo-hoo! Yes, I love that one. You believe in others and give them the benefit of the doubt. Can I tell you, our world needs a big dose of that. You believe in others and give them the benefit of the doubt. I love that. You know how to think as a spirit, soul, and body. In other words, you can think tri-dimensionally. And we've been talking about, that's one area of, of review. We've been talking about thinking spirit, soul, and body, tri-dimensionally. Those are the eight things. Um, and if, if you heard those and you were like, no, not doing that, no, no, nope, not doing that, no, no, not, one, two, I got one. <laughs> That's why we're going to start again and mention biblical meditation because the way you overcome to get there, if, you're, if you got seven out of eight, one out of eight, zero out of eight, biblical meditation is how you become successful, and you have great prosperity in your life. And so we'll, we'll start with this again next week so that I can remind you these are the eight symptoms that your mind is being transformed, and then we'll jump back into biblical meditation, and then we'll just keep working through the renewing of your mind. I hope this was uh, beneficial for you. I hope that you go home with some new stuff. I hope you go home with some spirit stuff, and you take what we had in the prayer meeting and in the worship and then you mix it with what we learned tonight, I think we go home full. So Father, uh, thank you. Thanks for this great meal. It was a well-rounded meal tonight. It's delicious. And we thank you, God, from the very beginning. (laughs) Some, while they were in the kitchen, were already getting blessed before they got in the room. And Lord, it's just been a great night. It's been a beautiful night. And I believe that you're doing something deep inside of every one of us. Lord, we're special. We're your special ones. You love us. You love us more than the others. Because you love me the most. And you love them the most. And help us to understand, God, that you're able to love us all the best. Because you're a true heavenly father. And so, Lord, I just pray tonight that with what we've learned what we've prayed and what we've worshiped tonight, that we go home lifted up and encouraged, but also ready to take it home to our family, to take it home to our community where we live, to take it to work with us tomorrow. Help us to talk about this stuff at work. Help us to talk with our neighbors. Help us to talk with our kids. 
Help us, Lord, to remember that it's not just for us to get all filled and fat, but it's for us to go give it away and to share it with others so that we can lead them to Christ and then disciple them into the kingdom. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go have a great week. We'll see you on Sunday. You were meant for so much more. Thank you for listening today. May you as a son or daughter of the Father know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of his family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.life.